Hello and welcome to the Brain Care Podcast, a practical and impactful series of snappy episodes on how to optimize your mental health and performance so you can reach your full potential. My name is Dan Murray-Serta, and I'm the co-founder at Heights. We make smart supplements and clever content with the world's leading experts to help you take care of your brain so it can take care of you. We've got the pleasure of Dame Kelly back on the show today, this time to discuss how to cultivate a winning mindset for optimum performance. So without further ado, here's one of Europe's greatest ever athletes to share her views. First things first, in 2004 in Athens, you won two gold medals and became famous across the world. You won the BBC Sports Personality of the Year, the European Athlete of the Year, a damehood from the Queen. But leading up to that moment and that dream is the story that I want to understand a little bit. So you talked about being 14, going on that that kind of journey. But do you, do you think there was something in your upbringing? Is there something about the way that you were raised, the school you went to, anything around you in the sort of nurture nature divide that sort of cultivated that mindset early on? Yeah, I think if you, as I was, not very academic at school, so not really had an identity, the one outside the classroom, (laughs) you know, kind of you then try and grab onto the one thing you think you're good at. And mine was sport, you know, I was always beating girls that were two years older than me in sports days and things like that. And it kind of gave me a name, at least, you know, everyone wanted to be my team and just made you feel good. You know, it's like anything in life. And then... Something about athletics, it just feels so free, you know, you're just running and it's between your mind and your body. If one of those lets you down, then it can be game over. But if both are in sync, you can pretty much achieve anything if you have a natural ability, of course, and then a determination to achieve. And I was very fortunate that I maybe had all of those together. I was a junior international athlete up until I was 17 and I won the Mini Youth Olympic Games in Holland. So I actually won my first gold medal for 800 metres when I was 17. People say, do you feel like you sacrificed anything? I'm like, no, I loved it. I used to bike to school three miles. I live in a little village um, in Kent. We didn't have a bus or anything like that. So I used to bike three miles bike to the track uh, in Tunbridge, area that I live in, and then bike back home. And um, that became my life. And so actually, it just was what it was. Yeah, very practical way into, uh, you know, that kind of lifestyle. What were some of the best behaviours that you're proud of that contributed to your desire to be an elite athlete? Well, I guess, you know, there's two sides to this, this question. So before it feels like totally loaded, I'll give you both sides of the question, which is really understanding what you think some of the, the best behaviours are that you exhibited being a winner and a champion. Um, And what some of the more negative behaviours you think you might have exhibited too, because, you know, understanding where this question comes from, of course, competing at the top is you've got to be ruthless. You know, to be a champion and to be a winner, you have to have that element of fight and determination and, you know, almost like, no, this is all that matters to me, you know. And some people might say, oh, that's selfish against other people. Well, no, as I said earlier... It's okay to want to be you and it's okay to want to live your life and it's okay to want to go for your dreams and that just makes me focused and determined. As much as that, of course, it can put pressure on you because all you want to be is good, you know, you don't... And even though you have bad times and fail and all of that lot, 
you know, sometimes it can just take its toll because when you don't feel like you're being good and don't feel like you're being successful and don't feel like you're achieving, you can be really down on yourself, which I am. But I can't change that way. I can manage and not be so tough on myself and go, do you know what? You're not good at everything. So ask other people to help. I can still get frustrated because I want people to go as fast as me and change as much as me, but then you have to learn. And that's just through age and experience. that Everyone's very different. I, I would say that being an elite athlete at the time, it's not that healthy. You know, I can be the fittest person out there, but it doesn't mean you are necessarily healthy because you're pushing your body to the extreme. You're psychologically in a different zone to what maybe most people are on a day-to-day basis. So I wouldn't say that's all always healthy. But on the flip side of that, if I wasn't so driven and so focused, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. So you take the rough with the smooth. So reflecting back, obviously you achieved everything that you set out to do in your own personal goals. So it's clear to say that, you know, the actions you took, the work you put in and how you applied yourself were all validated for exceptional success. What were some of those daily routines that you would never compromise on that journey? Yeah, so I think knowing what you what's expected of you. So in your day is really important. So the thing that I valued the most with uh, sport, which maybe people could do a lot more of now, and I start to do is sort of writing down what I've got to do within that week. You know, I know what I've got to do on each day. And that was, it was really good from a mindset point of view as knowing on a day-to-day basis, what I needed to do when and where and how. And that would be a combination of obviously training, but also what I was going to eat, when I was going to do things like power nap, if I was going to do ice baths, massage, go to the physio. You know, when I became a full-time athlete and I was able to then structure my day in that way. And that was great because it just gave me more focus approach to what I needed to do. And yes, of course, some things might go quite wrong. You know, if I was injured instead of going for a run I would have to simulate my training in a gym and then I'd be going to the physio whereas if I wasn't injured I'd be doing my track session I would go home and I would relax I wouldn't have to travel then to go to the physio so there's lots of things that kind of come in but just having that structure is really important so things like eating as I say you know you eat for energy and eat for recovery and of course uh, brain fuel is uh, really important I think for day-to-day life now that's really important for people to still be alert and I'm talking about sport but just think about your own lives you know what's your big moments what's your targets you know when you've got to present some work finish some work a presentation you know they're all kind of things that get the adrenaline going the worry the stress you know anxiety comes up how you manage that is when you kind of take the deep breaths and you kind of think this is what I need to do I've been doing it for years I've done it before this is just another day and I used to do that in my athletics you know I'd get worried about a session that was a key session on the track and if I didn't hit the targets I'd be so down on myself but then I'd have to think and my coach would go you've done this session thousands of times it's no different so take the pressure off just run the times It's really easy for people like myself to look at athletes and think that you were born with a winning mindset. You were born with the physique and the genetic coding that made this your life. 
But of course, deep down, I know that's a big excuse I tell myself. But what I'd love to know is if you do hear that a lot, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, if there is any truth in that, or, you know, it's a constant work in progress for yourself and athletes, just like it is for everyone else. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody has a a talent in life. You know, I really do. Every single one of us have something we're good at. We get it, we see it, we visualise it, we enjoy it. You know, it's all so different for everybody. But, you know, mine was just in sport. I had an actual talent, I think. Um, And are you born with it? I don't know, because if you think about everybody's background, opportunity comes along sometimes that takes you on that pathway. And sometimes that opportunity just doesn't come along and you'll never get that chance, you know. And I feel like... I think having somebody, for me, having somebody at school, my PE teacher, tell me I could be good was a changing point in everything leading up to that point and everything after it. You know, I was a young girl in Kent, just a council girl kid, you know, didn't grow up with my biological father, didn't know who he was. You know, all those little things that you could really feel a bit lost with sport just made me feel good and I was good at it and then there's a difference between you can have a talent in anything but if you give up you're never going to achieve it let's face it so many people have given up just before they could have been good and they never knew that because they gave up whereas I always refused to just give up I'll fail and learning to fail is a real good skill in life. Learning to kind of overcome situations is a massive skill in life. Once you've done that, you can do it all the time. Keep going, keep going. And I just feel very lucky. I can't say I was born with it. I can't say I got it from... There was no real influence in my life to really fight for anything. But I feel I'm lucky I was the person that had it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I wanted to ask as well, is there any particular habit or routine pre-competition that helps you achieve flow states? That elusive magical term. So obviously flow states for anyone listening that doesn't know what that is, it's sort of that moment where you're in the zone, essentially, where everything just clicks. I suppose you can call them a bit rich, like rituals or some of that superstitions, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things I did that are probably superstitions in the end. You know, if I had done them, I'm sure the outcome would have been the same, however. Well, now you've got us curious. What were your superstitions? Maybe, maybe we need to try some of those this week. I learned something really valuable to me around nerves. Um, I was getting ready for a world championships. So I was favourite to win the gold medal. I was 25 years old, still competing uh, at a high level, but also full-time job in the military. But I still ranked in the top three and should have won this gold medal, basically. And in the morning of waking up, I was so overcome with this nervous energy and this cloud, like I just couldn't control. I couldn't relax. I couldn't look at anything without seeing a track and me losing it was just for 10 hours up until the race you know and even on the start line I'm looking at the clock thinking four minutes will be over you know I'm running around the track and I'm thinking three laps will be over two laps anyway my biggest rival uh Hasbro Merka just went because she was kind of stopping and thinking I was so intense with like looking at what it was going and what she was doing when she made the break I'd lost it and I was so disappointed in myself I was so disappointed and I thought I, ne- I vowed never to to get that bad again. So I ended up um, having to do sort of breathing techniques, relaxation. So before I'd race, I would lay down, I would 
put some earphones on and listen to music or I'd just watch other athletes that had nothing to do with my race, you know, like the big hammer throwers and, you know, the big old beefy guys and just laugh. And it would just make me lose everything about what I was getting ready to do. And I used to think, do you know what? Unless the only way I can deal with this other than to relax and know I'm going to do it is to go home so I just thought well I'm not going to go home so I've just got to control everything so I just started to do more relaxation and it's really good tool just to calm your nerves big deep breaths think of other things that you enjoy and make you laugh and finish because the time is going to come anyway that you've got to execute whatever you've got to execute in some senses you're distracting yourself instead of focusing on the task at hand which created a better opportunity to focus on the task yeah so that was so my ritual was to lay down before you know like an hour and a half before I'd run just chill out just see what else was going on and then know at that hour point I'm ready to go and that's what I used to do and then um I've got so many so I'd say one one that might make you laugh it'd become a superstition in Athens I'd gone six Round so six races at world class level, and for the 800 meters, I'd gone in Portaloo number one because it became a superstition that had to be number one for every round heat, semi, and final. And then for the 1500 meters, exactly the same heat, semi final, Portaloo number one. On the final of the 1500 meters, now you lot are watching athletics, you have no idea what else is going on. So I'm now underneath the stadium in Athens. They're calling by whistle the women's finalists for the 1500 metres. And I went to quickly run into the loo and it was locked. Somebody was in the loo. Now there was 10 portaloos, which I didn't tell you. All the others were empty. But no, number one was locked. What did I do? I knocked on the door. I was knocking on the door. This big old <laughs> person came out, looked at me like, and I'm like, it's her. And I uh, ran into the loo. Anyway, and there's a little mirror in the toilet on the door. And I looked into that and I just said come on and I went outside and then Vesta's history I won the Olympic gold medal which I'd been wanting for 20 years so <laughs> tell me there's a statue like a testament to the toilet what a portaloo somewhere yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think Quite of that I should have yeah. a portaloo in gold in my garden or something shouldn't I feel like you do deserve that um, okay, so just starting to wrap up, what top tips do you have for people who want to cultivate a winning mindset in their field? Belief. Believe in yourself is so critical. I'd absolutely say that is the one top tip. If you have element of belief, you're halfway there. And then just your experience, kind of wrap on that, find your skills, you know, kind of remember the skills you have and just Put them into the front of your mind when you're going out and talking or delivering or developing or, you know, kind of processing things that you want to do. Um, and then having a great team of people around you, people that will pick you up, lift you up, people that you can talk to, open up to and share and um, ask for help always. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and follow us at your heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. If you want to know more about how healthy your brain is, you can head to yourheights.com forward slash brain health to get your free score from one to 100. See you next time. Hold up. 